in the natural cycles of life in the wilderness, in the parks, in the streams around, we can see the way that energy moves through life, right? When we slow down enough, cultivate the sensitivity to understand these rhythms, it informs how we can actually live a more fulfilled life, sharper with our purpose, more balanced and healthy. Traditionally, people that slowed down, developed sensitivity, there was a conversation with the elements around them. The Qigong, being in nature, really any practice that opens the senses, that expands our sense of actually perceiving what's happening here, puts us into conversation and communication with those elements. You can imagine moving like a cloud, moving your hands like the river and feeling that. When we bring in kind of imagination, not just like imaginary, but imaginal, feeling the clouds in your hand, probably can feel it right now. It actually deepens you into your body in a way that's extraordinary. Welcome to Crazy Wisdom. I'm your host, Luke Antrup. Crazy Wisdom is our show about the wild, the unexpected and interesting places we find ourselves in during our quest to live a life of deeper meaning and deeper truth. My hope is with each conversation and each story, you discover a new part of yourself on your journey towards making the most out of this one wild and precious life. This is a Soulfire production. Well, I am thrilled to welcome on this week's show, Eli Buren. Eli is a men's guide and a men's coach and a friend of mine. Welcome to the show, Eli. Luke, pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, thrill thrilled to have you on the show. So, you know, maybe the best place to start is you and I have spent some time in the wilderness together. And I know, <laughs> I know this, is, uh, this is also a place of deep nourishment and a place of home for you in the wild. And... You know, so much of your work, as I understand it, is bringing men into the wild to connect back to their sense of presence and passion and purpose. And you know, I, I think maybe just a good place to start is hearing a little bit more about your work and really your work in the wild. How's that sound? Great place to start. In the most fundamental sense of how I enjoy working with people is is the idea of of bringing more sensitivity and nuance to the conversation we're all having and in all of our bodies, our physical body, our emotional body, our spiritual body, our mental body. But in the sense of even the way you and I are speaking here, it takes listening to something that's going on beyond just the words in the head where where we mostly get stuck and more and more these days we're being pulled up there where you know half of the equation is going there because we're looking to escape something that's in the body and something in the heart and the emotions and part of it is just the nature of the, these times that we live in and the devices and the obligations and demands of a busy life it just pulls us up into our head and so the work that I do with men, bringing them into nature, but you know, I would say bringing them into the nature of their own experience. So that could be in a room in the middle of a city, as much as that could be out in the middle of Yosemite in a gorgeous valley. It's a very similar process of learning to listen to the more subtler tones of the conversation. And, and that starts with your own experience, your own breath, your own placement of your body in this moment. You know, even as you and I are just stepping onto this call or if someone's listening, it's that listening to the way our body is appearing in this moment, this room, and developing the capacity to 
have a more and more artful conversation with really the web of life that's holding us. And many men that I work with, that you work with, have done a really good job in putting their, their hard focus, time, attention into building currencies of wealth, of families, of you know, building a house, for example. And in that endeavor, often the inward turning attention and time it takes to develop a currency of presence, of depth, of being, those get overlooked until somebody reaches a point in their life where they're often they're demanded into that, to be completely honest, often men and women come to that place when something happens where there's a need to develop more of a sense, I'm here. Some people come to it on their own and they just become curious. But usually when there's a tragedy or you're about to lose something you love, then you wake up and you go, oh, I want to be here. I want to develop something that's, that's unique and you can't really buy that with all the currency in the world. It takes time. It takes, well, presence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about my own journey around this and you know, I was blessed to kind of come into men's work at a young age, in my early twenties and had just a, you know, so much life and vitality in that period. And then, you know, as you, as you say, like I got into my late thirties and my marriage was ending and it was super painful. And there was a lot of um, heartache and lost hopes and dreams in that. But on the other side of that, it was one of the most catalytic experiences of my life being, you know, going through a divorce. It sent me into such a deep journey around my own sense of connection to my, myself and the hurts and pains of the past and my hopes and dreams. And there is a way in which these really intense, challenging times if we face them, it can be, can be the, the ones that are like the most catalytic for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Curious for you, how do you guide others in the depths of their own being in the way that you describe? So part of it we mentioned is the wilderness, bringing people into the wild. I know you're also, you know, martial arts and Qigong is an aspect of that. I'm, I'm curious, like, what does that look like when you're working with men on these, these deep kind of initiatory experiences? Right. Really depends on the situation, the group, the location, but I'll describe some of the progression that I would say. And it comes back to something we've spoke about in the past around initiation or, you know, threshold into something. And to me, that's the beginning of any practice of any training is when you realize that you're you're stepping into something that's not what you find out there in the, the normal surface world of just going about the business, making dinner and get a time, getting to work on time. Um, one can bring those into those circumstances. However, until you've been initiated into the internal cultivation of your being, of your chi, your life force, until one's been initiated into this process, you know, really, you're just going to be grabbing at things and muscling through workouts, muscling through sex, muscling through a life because it's all gross body. It's all out here. It's the, sur it's the surface of things. So it, it takes an initiation into the sense of there's an internal world and one can learn how to cultivate those internal energies. So I start with that, usually a ritual of some kind, a celebration. 
entrance into this is we're going into something that's unusual and that's the beginning so you learn how to breathe you learn how to notice what my body is it more awake when i'm sitting up straight or hunched over what am i doing with my fingers my toes my tip of my tongue my eyes so learning an intense yoga of attention on this body being in conversation with life just by how I'm moving, just by how I'm showing up. And so that's the beginning of it. And often we work with all the, the habits that are accumulated over a lifetime first, all the unconscious, often cultural habits, family habits, sometimes acquired wounds and abuses that turned into habits of protection. So we work with a lot of those things because that's living in every single being us, everyone I've ever met, everyone's got some form of history that they're learning to love through, like learning how to love through the limitation of their body. And the, the more that you grow, then you can begin to learn specific forms of opening. And that's the whole realm of martial arts, Qigong, yoga, sexual yoga, all kinds of yogas is you begin to realize how do you articulate the body and there's specific forms that you repeat over and over again. Maybe some of the listeners have not heard of this expression before, sexual yoga. You and I actually met maybe 15, possibly even 20 years ago, a long time ago, in Boulder at a David Data event, right? I think that's the first time we met. And I know you, you studied and worked with David Data quite a bit for several years. And the way I met you was you were teaching the men's element of this kind of sexual yoga training. and for those that don't know what yogic intimacy is or sexual yoga is, maybe you could, you could describe this, this kind of body of work. Absolutely. What we were learning in those rooms with the men to be capable of practicing sexual yoga or the yoga of even intimacy with a chosen partner mm -hmm. is very similar to, you can take that into all areas of one's life. And so basically it's learning to be present, learning to be with your physical body and realizing that this mass of consciousness or unconsciousness is tumbling into the rooms we're in. And in this case, if you're walking into the room with your girlfriend or your wife or your partner, and there's a tumble of unawareness from the day, accumulated habits, excesses, you're not really there. So, so that's the muscular flexing sort of surface level sex or conversation versus the internal cultivation of realizing that, okay, I'm here. <laughs> this, has an, this thing has a huge impact on the people I love, depending on what I ate today, uh, how much I slept, did I exercise? Am I breathing right now or am I tensing my lower body and my jaw and walking around with incredible tension in my body. These have huge consequences and gifts, both in our personal health, even just walking around with excess tension in our anus or our jaw, we're, we're basically just leaking life force that could be cultivated internally and then directed towards an art or towards a work or towards a lover. So it's essentially the same thing we're talking about. It's learning that internal process and the nuance to it when it becomes a sexual yoga is that it's we're relinquishing 
part of the movement and the energy to play a kind of a dance with another partner. And they're ideally in those moments, they're animating the other side. They're animating more of the energy, the movement, the flow of life, the change, the constant movement. And a male practitioner in that case is, is animating the stillness, the presence, the depth. And that's beautiful thing. And it's important to say that it's, you know, it's a very specific practice for those moments that you want to create that. It's not like you need to walk around all day doing that. Um, and it's also really healthy to flip-flop in moments to be able to be, and I do work with men in that way where often guys come in thinking they're going to do push-ups and just super masculine things. Certainly we do part of that because that's half the spectrum, but just as much we're learning to soften this body, soften the tension of it and learning how to feel and let the life force roll into the body so that we actually are in a tune with this web of life so that then when we, when we go to touch someone we love, um, it's like we're part of this natural flow of life force in communication that I think we all can relate to that. All your list, the listeners, all the people that are listening to this, there's those moments of grace sometimes that's given to you you're just touch someone and it's like an electricity or you're walking down the street and you feel like it's the right place at the right time it's it's just a deeply beautiful moment where you feel the reverence of life it's given to us as gifts and then practice is when you learn to orient your attention your body your heart your spirit in a way so that that potential can live here more and more like you're building a structure that is a structure of love consciousness and all things throughout the day are trying to knock that down. <laughs> I love the image. I forget who heard someone speaking about this once where it's like a spider web where you're basically building the spider web of love consciousness or whatever virtues you want to stand for in your life, integrity, generosity, and you're standing for that. You're being a representative of those qualities. You walk into a room someone, blah, they just say something totally unconscious or they put you down or they, they walk in with a different energy. It gets knocked down for a moment. And then you, mm. you put the web back out like a spider. The spider has no problem. It's not complaining. It's not half-assed doing the web. It's not getting tired of it. Like, oh, I'm not going to do that part of the web today. It's just like, duk, 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 fix it, puts that web of love back out. And I feel like practice is that in our own way. It's, you know, to continue to represent and transmit what we're here to to live and that's different for different people but it's good to be really clear on what it is and then we have that responsibility instead of the defense and the blame of someone else knocking your web down it's more like okay back to the beginning yeah i mean it's it's such a potent example and kind of description of both sexual yoga but just practice in life making your life practice and fundamentally, you know, I think what I see about this is like using the body as the vehicle to, to transmit out, as you say, like consciousness or love or pleasure, or this is, this is sexual yoga, right? Like using the body as the vehicle to go much deeper into communion with another, with the world around us. And it, it works, it works both ways, right? Like we, we can use our body to, to transmit awareness but at the same time the more aligned our body gets the deeper we go uh, 
so we, in that way, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship in, in this way. The other thing I'll say about, you know, sexual yoga, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it can be done in celibacy, right? It doesn't, doesn't mean necessarily like it has to be part of sex, right? It can be um, just making love to life in that way, where we bring a level of presence and sensitivity to our body. We bring energy and love and vitality and light to a moment. And that that is what, uh, that we're in a dance with, with the world around us. Beautifully said. And I, I would add to that, that sexual yoga or healthy sexuality starts with oneself, starts with the capacity to beautifully and pleasurably put your own hand on your chest or your face and just feel the erotic bond of your own skin, you know, just to kiss your own hand, to, and that reminds you of, of what you're just saying is the feeling of, okay, if you can feel that with your own body, like touching your body and that feels pleasurable, then the next step is you can realize that this moment is touching you. This moment is embracing you like what you're describing. And so we actually are in an erotic embrace with all of life all the time. <laughs> and so mm. one, I would wish, you know, that we all train in those before we ever even touch somebody else, which isn't usually the case because we're not initiated at a young age into just literally just knowing our own energies. But that's another thing that I work with with men is, is learning to not need to reach out and grab as much, but to come back home and, and literally with self-cultivation on a very basic level of just rising the energy, letting it fall back down, rising it, and just the health of touching one's own genitals and like bringing a loving, like open-hearted touch, that goes a long ways. I mean, that's just basics that I would, I would really wish for all people to develop that capacity because it's it's the building blocks for intimacy before you even get to sex. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've talked about on this show quite a bit, actually, just pleasure for the sake of pleasure, right? Like pleasure for no one else's pleasure, just my own, and how healing that can be to take it off of constantly needing it to be in relationship with yeah. another human, right? To just feel good in our bodies. You know, I think I should drop in at this point, you know, this, so you and I are, we're both doing these kind of initiatory work with men and, um, for the reasons you describe, this is part of what this new program that I'm launching, the Father-Son Connection Experience, is about, is, is creating a really deep bond between father and son with boys that are 10 to 14 before they really hit the full stage of teenage you know, hormones and to give them an experience around heavy training and embodiment and martial arts in nature and really working with them around boundaries. Like what happens when I have a strong emotion in my body and someone is telling me to stop or no, or someone's beckoning me closer. And so we're working obviously in a, in a non-sexual way, of course, right. but working right. with the subtle energies of emotions and uh, cultivating chi in their system. And then working with, with spatial boundaries with your dad around, you know, yes, no, stop, come, pause. And really working the body on the kind of dojo floor around some of these. I think it's for the reasons you describe. Like if we can train our young men about how to be in their full power and have energy cranking through their system and still be able to honor a boundary, honor a no, or honor their own boundary, that, I think it's, um, imagine that world, right? Super potent. I 
thrilled that you're doing that work with with father and sons. I've had the the pleasure of having you know a handful of fathers and sons come to my retreats over the years, and not younger than 17 though. So when you get to the younger age, that's really the time that they're learning these these skills before they enter into the world. And I would I would add with I mean it's really what you're describing taken either at a young age or father and often the fathers whether unless they've been practicing are going to be sort of more you know limited because they've been practicing something that's not openness for longer than the kid has and so i've often found that the younger are super flexible and just they're right there they're like boom i'm ready for this and it takes some training one thing i would add in that i think is a really beautiful just it's a traditional way of looking at it and and it's with the chi and it's more classic taoism and chinese medicine traditional chinese medicine is the, the you know you have the idea of the jing chi and shen and so in in some of my studies around this i've come to to look at it and understand the one of the more essential things that we want to focus and create a, a, a deeper relationship with, especially for young boys, really anyone, young, young girls, but we're talking about young boys here, is their own relationship to their jing, which is their sexual essence. It's not sexual in nature, it's their own essence. It's what birthed them. So the jing is what their parents came together and procreated them and they're popped into existence. That jing is carried through the DNA. It's carried through the semen, saliva. It's carried through a sense of one's wholeness and the will, the trusting one's direction and one's desire. And so what happens is that's mostly knocked down, packed into the ground, paved over at a very young age where people don't trust their essential jing, their essential desire to reach for something. They don't trust it because it's been been cut off. It's been severed that G that, you know, the Jing Chi bridge so that the impulse becomes more surface layered and people's desires then go for the surface world. They go for candy, for, you know, porn, for money that's just in a cheap way. So people grab for the thing that gives them the feeling of this, this true desire that they really actually want. So that desire is healthy. It comes from a strong, good place, but impulse of where it's coming from needs to go deeper down into its core. And so it's a the, the deep impulse of desire is, is really the desire of what leads us into our life. So desire is destiny. What you desire and move towards, you become. You the ultimate sense of desiring another, and you go towards that. And if it's a healthy thing, that potentially creates life, or it creates new ideas, or new new partnerships. And so, helping people to trust that bridge more, and building the bridge so the chi, so the jing can be healthily moved. And then it moves into the chi body and it's expressed into the world. So that's that bridge is the health that keeps people healthy. Otherwise, their chi starts getting bit, you know, their natural chi force into their, you know, their early teens and 20s is pretty much there for most people. But then it starts declining if you don't learn how to work with it. It's not a free ride. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really potent, such a potent concept. I noticed you were pointing as you were describing this, just so that the listeners understand, you were pointing kind of down in your pelvis area and then moving 
your your touch up the center of your body as you were describing this this connection i'm curious if there are specific practices or if you could you know just how does one connect with this like this primal primordial desire in in a healthy way what what does that look like yeah i think that's that's a real good question because it's it is primal and it's scary for people so there's a lot of taboo against it and culturally of going too close to yourself knowing yourself it's and so somebody that knows themselves and does connect with that energy is somebody that can't be easily manipulated and controlled mm-hmm. and that's where we're at is the it's severed so that then we become easily just, you know, you put something in front of someone and they want to buy it. They're just easily manipulated and directed because they're not connected to their essential sense of this is what I want. This is true. So connecting to that is, it starts out with pressing into those edges. So even physically learning to tussle, wrestle, walk on the edge, go to those places that one would be afraid in a healthy way learning how to yell and make sound and scream as much as sing and make soft, gentle sounds. So learning to really accept one's humanity, both the strength and the part of the fuck of humanity, the life force of young just exploding into life, as much as really honoring the total tenderness of loss and grief and tears and the vulnerability of sensitivity and turning inwards and spending time with self. So, so that's where we start to cultivate and nourish our relationship is by being willing to be in our experience and go through the full cycle of what experience is. And we could get into that. It's in this same tradition. It's called the creation cycle, which mm. there's a movement through you know, the cycles of the season, as much as the cycles of a day, the cycles of a life and health is when it keeps moving. When that, when that flow keeps moving through all the different motions, when it gets stuck in one area, it becomes stagnant or excessive. That's where, where illness and innervation and, you know, exhaustion come from these places. So a healthy learning for youth and for, for anyone that's interested in learning how to keep that moving. In the natural cycles of life, in the natural world, in the wilderness, in the parks, in the streams around where we live, we can see the way that energy moves and flows through life, right? And when we slow down enough and develop, cultivate the sensitivity to understand these rhythms, it informs how we can actually live a more fulfilled life we can be sharper with our purpose we can be more balanced and healthy we can have nourishing relationships i want to paint a picture you and me and a few other buddies were deep in the backcountry near yosemite last summer and we found this like eden type paradise of like cascading waterfalls that were like opening up into these green alpine meadows it was was something (laughs) (laughs) One of the most beautiful places on the planet, right? And, you know, we were just in practice together and you said something to me like, hey, Ben, I don't remember exactly. I won't get this exactly right, but it was something along the lines of, hey, been watching the way the water's flowing down at whatever the stream by my house. And I found this new Qigong practice that I want to introduce to you. And will you practice this, this sequence with me? Let me show it to you. And, you know, that's it. I mean, this, 
that is what, in my mind, like that's what we're truly doing with our practice is being so in touch and in tune with the environment around us. And in decades of practice for you and for me also, like that we can just move like the stream near our house or learn something from the bird that, that passes us by. Right. um, Yeah. 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 Well said. I'll riff on that a little bit because Mm -hmm. that, that is, uh, that capacity is the deepening, deepening of the conversation with the elements, the elements themselves that are flushing through our bodies, air, water, and, and the clouds, water, the mountains. So traditionally people that slowed down, developed sensitivity, there was a conversation with the elements around them. And we realized that, that there's this vital force that's washing through. It's pouring down on you and me right now, like just washing down. You can't even imagine the energy coming down. Uh, I had a, a teacher say to me you know, 20 years ago, it's like when we practice and we're doing our practice, it's kind of like you're fiddling with shower head trying to get more water to come through. But at the same, like Niagara, Niagara Falls is falling down on your head and, and you don't even realize it's happening because you're fiddling with this little thing to try to get more. And that's how, you know, most people, that's how most people do their practices when there's this massive life force that just washing through our existence. And so the, the Qigong, the, I think being in nature, medicine, really any practice that opens the senses that expands our sense of actually perceiving what's happening here puts us into conversation and communication with those elements and that's where martial arts and qigong tai chan tai chi chuan has always come from animals moving water moving and there's i think a a deeper element that i want to speak to around this luke too because it's partially the elements themselves and so you can imagine moving like a cloud or like moving your hands like the river and and feeling that. And a lot of them are based on those. So those are those are beautiful practices. And when we bring in kind of imagination to not just like imaginary, which is different. Like if you're imaginary, you're sort of taking yourself out of the room and you're not really there. You're imagining some fairyland. But imaginal is like you're feeling the clouds in your hand. You're, you're imagining you're sitting down, in, sitting down into the mud of a river and the water is flowing by your dantian. And just that imagination, you probably can feel it right now. It actually deepens you into your body and into your experience in a way that's extraordinary. So that the imagination mixed with the chi movements begins to build kind of a story or like a mythic meaning relationship meaning building with our bodies with the 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 trees with the elements that kind of birth us and i think that's missing in a way so in the the qigong and the embodiment work i i teach there's always a story that makes it very personal to the practitioner who's there and then staying in relationship to the elements and then other human beings and learning to do both at the same time where you feel as close into your own core and then in concentric circles, sensing, sensing outwards, outwards and feeling. And that 
you know, if we take it back to the beginning, that's one of the first practices to after initiation into internal cultivation is learning to learning to feel the room, learning to sense this, you know, this the air on your skin and the the way that one's presence and awareness can dance when it's not contracted into a fist in the mind of trying to get something or trying to avoid something. So that's a, that's a decade or so of practice, just learning to relax the fist, the face, the jaw, the heart, you know, the genitals. So it's a soft body, which actually is very strong. So it's learning to trust the yin side of the circle and saying, soft, supple body is incredibly strong instead of walking around muscly and flexed all the time. And this metaphorically in all dimensions, so that one trusts their capacity to be incredibly soft in one moment and then be incredibly sharp in another moment with their word, with their action. And that's a healthy human being, male or female. Amen, brother. Beautiful. Well said. So if people want to practice with you, they want to find out more about you and your work, uh, where might you point them? They could find me my website at eliburen.com or on some socials, which I don't engage so much, but there should be some information there. Right. Um, yeah. And you have, you have some upcoming offerings, I notice, uh, wilderness offerings and the like. Anything you want to share with this crazy wisdom community? Yeah, I would love to. There's, well, first of all, there, I'm in the middle of a dojo now. So that's online men's dojo that usually goes for three months, but there's a, I do a monthly free practice call and mm. the next one is next month, I believe the, the 9th of March. And then I have a couple in-person projects. So I have something in Boulder, Colorado, March 18th through 19th. It's called Gathering of Forces. And that's really working with what everything we've been talking about. It's working the physical body from incredibly, you know, deep internal cultivation to like throwing a bamboo stick across the room at each other and learning to mm. keep your belly relaxed at the same time, you know, just very much working in the dojo and with the internal forces rather than more than rather than the mental forces. And then my, my, you know, my big program of the year is the Zion one, which you've heard me speak about. And that's coming up in May, May 13th through 19th. This is the eighth year in a row there. And that's a week long out in this you know, magnificent valley that is is truly one of one of the more beautiful places I know. And so it's doing all the work we're talking about with the added component of being in the elements with both the 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 caress of beauty of the elements, but then also the slap of cold in moments or the real risk of a ledge or a rattlesnake. So it keeps it takes us out of just the talking about what I'd like to be on your edge and it puts us into the situation where you're actually navigating that edge in a safe way but it's um that's this extraordinary yeah yeah amazing go practice with eli it will will change your life so the zion event is men's event yes are you yeah. doing any you you have any uh yogic intimacy events that are of mixed gendered i believe in portugal in june it's still in the mixing i'll have I also do an annual men's retreat in Denmark. This will be the 11th, the 11th year. And I'm working on doing something in Portugal at the end of June. So I'm not going to say that much about it yet, but there's a good chance. 
Right on. Well, we've got quite a few listeners over in Europe. So hello to all of our European friends and look for uh, Eli's programs on his website, which we will put in the show notes. So my friend, dear brother, Eli Buren, thank you so much for joining us. Such an honor, Luke. Great to be with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Crazy Wisdom. If you like what you heard, please do rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen. This helps new people find the show. And maybe more importantly, it helps us grow our Crazy Wisdom community. My hope for you is between now and the next time you listen, that you try one new thing, one thing that would help you live a life of deeper purpose, deeper meaning, a life of greater love. And maybe that one thing is a little different, a little odd, a little intense, perhaps even a little crazy.